read what can I do I have like a really weird Michael Heseltine fact I can bring out oh, God. oh no 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 I actually do I actually do uh he formed the bird watching society at his prep school and every member how do you know that? I used to really no no I'll tell you why I know this because it's really good but um every member of the bird watching society was named after a different species of like tit oh. and he was known as the sorry. great tit sorry <laughs> he was known as the no. great tit and apparently he spent his entire political career just terrified people would find out about this because he was like my career would be over that's the thing that would ruin his career he thought Honestly, that not strangling the Alsatian oh god <laughs> Sometimes I worry about you. <laughs> Welcome to your college aunts. I'm Layla. And I'm Dudley. And we are your college aunts. Right. Welcome back to your college aunts, which has fallen off the face of the earth this term. But we're back. Layla sadly isn't with us this week, but we do have a very exciting new um, presenter to introduce. Emily. Hi, Hello. Emily. <laughs> I'm a second year geographer. That took me a fat second. <laughs> I'm a second year geographer at Newnham. It doesn't feel like I'm in second year because first year did not exist. Mm, no. Um, but yeah, I have written a couple of the articles, but this is my first time on the podcast and it's very exciting. And yeah, I think we have to address the elephant in the room. We we haven't been on top of the podcast or the articles. Yes. But you have you have to forgive us because we've had a lot on. A lot on. A uh, lot going on. We've both been through catastrophic breakups uh-huh. this term, so that's fun. Um, really well, emotionally stable. Yeah. 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 It's been it's been really fun. And not at all upsetting or difficult to deal with no. on top of work. And a degree. And a degree. Mm-hmm. And for me as a third year, job applications. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it's been really fun it's to juggle. It's all been very manageable, yeah. Yes. Of course. Um, How are you coping with it? Honestly, I'm okay. I am okay. I, it definitely, it was very mutual. Mm-hmm. came at the right time. And we're still really good friends. So it's not the worst breakup to ever exist but still a breakup, and at the time, it was pretty rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not one to cry in front of my friends, but I, I did call my friends to my room and just sobbed. Um, I also, also had to organise Freshers' Week. Nice! And we broke up during Freshers' Week. Oh, that's not fun. So then I had to pull myself together and go straight to an event. Oh, you're a freshers rep? Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Really t- what was the event? It was a silent disco. That's that's really depressing. So at least I could cry without anyone really noticing. Yeah, but that's really depressing because you know the song like Dancing on My Own? Uh-huh. I just have a mental image Ooh, of that. Oh, that's oh, oh, rip. And then oh, I, went to, I went to a club night at MASH. Yeah. And for some reason... Every breakup song in existence no. played. It was like I didn't know that it was a breakup themed night. Was it a breakup themed night? I, I don't think That's it was. Awful. But me and my my other friend had just broken up with our significant others, uh, and it was just breakup song after breakup song, after breakup song. And there's some really funny Snapchat videos of us just like cry singing at each other i'm so sorry it was so rough you know what it actually i think helped me heal do you think it was cathartic i really do 
singing Olivia Rodrigo, screaming Olivia Rodrigo, good for you, at the top of my lungs in a club, is why I got over it so quickly. <laughs> and I, I stand by that. I think my ex and I probably lost all sexual attraction to one another when we were like chatting, then just both started singing Good For You by oh Olivia God. Rodrigo. That's the ick. And it was like, no, I think it was just more like, it was just so stupid. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just buy this. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that was, oh, this is how did How time. did you deal with it? Um, I don't know, because, so we're also still very good friends. And it's one of those things where we recognise that we are each other's best friends, yeah. but we don't work romantically. Yeah. Which makes it very difficult, because even though you can work romantically, uh, even though you're, you know, really good friends, mm. and you have a residual attraction to one another, you know that it doesn't work. So it's very hard, because, you know, you, most yeah. people, when they go for a relationship, you want someone who you're friends with, and who you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. Great. I mean, on paper, we have that. But it just didn't work romantically. Yeah. So it's it's just very hard getting through that bit mm-hmm. where you're like the feelings. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it wasn't it wasn't a very long relationship, but mine was a year and a half. Oh wow! <laughs> Opposite ends of the spectrum here. Um, it wasn't a long relationship, but like I cared for him a lot, and I think I realized afterwards that. I got platonic feelings mixed up with romantic feelings. Right, yeah. Mm. And as soon as I realised that, it, it was all kind of fine again. But I, it it does take time. And, you know, hindsight really does help. Mm. No, definitely. And I think the thing is, with breakups, it does make you stand back and reevaluate what you actually want. Mm. Out of oh, yeah. Look, like, it, my type is made up of all the things that I've not liked in past relationships. No, I think that's actually so sensible, though. Like, so I was telling you about this earlier, but the thing is, I know that, you know, I don't really want to have a serious relationship at the moment because I'm in my final year. I just want to focus on my degree Mm -hmm. and then using my spare time to have fun with friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is, I also know that when I do start seriously dating again, I want it to be with someone, you know, seven to ten years older because I want them to be emotionally mature and I want them to, you know, be more established in their career. So when I'm starting out mm-hmm. and I have those um, stressful moments of trying to get everything sorted as, you know, someone who's very new to the office and that sort of thing, they'll have been through it and be able to provide support and insight without also having to deal with exactly the same struggles. Yeah. And I think that would take, I don't know, I think I like the thought of having someone to be, like, supportive mm. in that respect. And it's almost like they can provide that, I've been through it perspective and sort of like watching you in the hurricane Mm. and being able to give you the advice because they're in the clear. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think that's the same as like when you're friends with postgrads and they can just give you the best advice. Or like how I I find being friends with third years, Mm. especially third years are on my course because they can say, oh yeah, that, that module was awful, get through it and you're done and you're fine. I feel really ancient when I remember that you're in second year. Yeah, I'm not even, yeah. How um, old are you? I'm 19. Oh, I'm so old. Born in 2002. I'm so old. What month? Feb. Okay, Feb. I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm nearly 2001 to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically the same. Basically. Oh, anyway, 
on the subject of what we've been up to, I think we can't really get through this section without acknowledging that week five. Oh, week five existed. Yes, it week was Week five thing. was a time. Not a good one. No. But a time. It was a time. I mean, I, it's like my supervisors just thought it was really funny to set all my essays. Why for one do week. it? I, I think they must think it's a joke. They must think it's funny, right? No, because it seems to be such a universal experience. It surely has to be something that they've yeah. planned. I, it must be some sort of uni-wide practical joke. It has to be. Because I can't... I can't I, for the first two weeks of term, I had reading for seminars. But then I, I didn't have any essays due. I didn't have any supervisions. And then week three, four, five just got increasingly busy. And I was like, why, why couldn't... Why... Why? Mm. Why didn't we spread this out more? But yeah, yeah, no, that's really confusing. Uh-huh. I, just, I don't know why they do it. No, and then oh, I had this absolute nightmare. Oh no! Um, if any other second year geographers are listening, they'll be able to relate to this. But we have a supervisor who, in the lecture, said that he wanted the essays a week before the supervision. What? Seven days before the supervision, and usually it's twenty four hours or forty eight. Yes. Which, you know, 48 is even pushing it, yeah. I think. Because with, for the amount of feedback it's I get... Like, what, a 2,500-word essay? Yeah. They, they skim that, it. Yeah, they don't read it. I used to have a supervisor that would only read the introduction and conclusion. Seriously? Yeah. Like, he'd just mark the introduction and the conclusion. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. I mean, my, my first one that I got back, it was one of those ones where I got, you know, one word sort of taken out here and there in certain paragraphs mm-hmm. whole paragraphs completely missed what? of just no marking and then at the end it said this essay is close to being good quality what and i was like oof just tell me it's bad like Ooh. what is this backhanded oh that is yeah oh, that's brutal it was really bad but and i was so proud of it as well gosh close to being good quality that's absolutely <laughs> brutal no honestly but yeah seven working days not just seven days seven working that. days so that doesn't the excluding weekends yes that seems and then so i was gonna write an email to him being like um but the cambridge week starts on a thursday which means that the weekends <laughs> don't exist so what defines seven working days are we talking cambridge week or normal week Oh, it was Ooh. a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, no, I'm so sorry. That's horrible. But yeah, we're through it now. When did he set the essay? Like, how long did you have to do it? So we had the supervision, and then he didn't give us the essay questions for ages. And then by the time I got round to the essay question, I had a day before it was seven working days, like, before the supervision. So I had 24 hours to do all the reading and to write the essay. That's horrific. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm pretty sure we're all going to complain about the module at the end of the year because it's just been really disorganised. No, that sounds awful. Yeah. It was a really interesting essay. What was it about? It was about um, the climate apocalypse. Oh. And how it's portrayed in media. That it sounds was very deeply interesting. anxiety-inducing. Yeah. And, but it, it was also quite cool because this, it's the first time this has ever happened in an essay question for me, but it said, please feel free to like inject your own opinion into this essay. And tell me how you feel about living in such a fragile environment. Oh, and it was kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah, it, that made the essay much easier to write because I I just kind of waffled, and I'm sure it wasn't waffle. I mean, 
<laughs> haven't got the feedback yet, but it may be only close to being good quality. <laughs> I can stop saying that to people. Honestly. <laughs> oh, when someone does a really awful take, it's close yeah, to being good quality. Oh. But on the subject of having stuff, uh, you know, what we've been doing work-wise, I should probably, well, not flex, but because what's the point of flexing unless you actually have the job? But <laughs> I'm through to the final round of the civil service fast track assessments. So exciting. Woo. Can we insert applause? I, I think we can in, like, the editing section. I might just, like, insert it really haphazardly. Yeah, I think that's editing. honestly more funny. Yeah. Um, I think our listeners will appreciate yeah. it. But, yeah. Uh, many have been cold. I will probably be cold after the assessment centre. Who knows? Don't say that. Uh, oh, who knows? Oh, I would just like a job very much, please. Just third year things. Yay. You have this to look forward to. I'm honestly terrified. Make a list of, like, grad schemes that you like the look of. Uh, It's just scary. Like, I just... Every every week, my career aspirations change. I think that's kind of a good thing, though, because at least you're keeping your options open. That is true, that is true. But hearing you and Leila talk about it, I'm like, oh... I do highly recommend applying to teach first because mm-hmm. I did that and you know they get back to you super quickly it's That's nice good. to know that you have like a f- yeah and also it's a times top 100 what are you teaching history oh right in London see that's quite I don't know. I, I didn't yeah. specify location or subject because I knew that like uh, most people don't get given history right because everyone is like a history grad history mm. or english because mm. i was like, oh, just but i don't mind what subject and i don't mind what location they gave me history in london there you go yeah you. which at least would be quite fun for um internships because they get um some quite good internship opportunities with mm. places like pwc and deloitte over the yeah. summers so make use of that yeah yeah, yeah. so <gasps> for civil service because i feel like you know, it's something I have considered i think it's something that a lot of people have considered it's it does look so fun mm-hmm that might also just be because, like, I'm a, you know, I've got the personality of an administrator. But, <laughs> but is the process draining? Like, no, I've heard no. such nightmare stories about it. Really? Yeah. No, so you do um, two personality tests. See, that's already too much. No, it's not too much. What personality? Like, they tell you exactly in their competencies what sort of personality they're looking for. Okay. Yeah, so you, you know what to... <laughs> to lie about. <laughs> No, so you do like these on two per- online personality tests and two workplace scenario things to check that because you can lie about the personality, you can't lie about. How, I think the theory is that you wouldn't be able to lie as effectively about your personality and how you'd respond right to the workplace scenarios. Yeah. Then you do an intray exercise, um, and you do an online interview. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Is there another stage? I feel like there might have been another stage, but I'm not sure. Um, and then after that, if you pass the online interview, then you go through to the um, assessment centre. Mm-hmm. And then the assessment centre is like a whole thing in itself. Um, but if you get through to the assessment centre as well, it depends what stream you've applied for. So if the streams you've applied for have um, a selection, like a final selection panel, which basically just an interview grilling um they you also have to fill out some like answer long answers mm-hmm. for why you want to do this stream or explain the experience you've had that makes you well suited for this but honestly i'd say that 
compared to you know something like banking where you have to write a really long essay about why you've wanted to you know trade on the stock market since you were a fetus I'd, I'd say it's definitely a lot nicer than yeah. that and also depending on the scheme you apply for you might have to do some maths and english tests like, maths yeah. it's fine it's fine maths is genuinely fine like okay. as someone who cannot do maths the maths is fine okay that's reassuring but the online interview that was that was okay because again it's competency based right so you know what competency phrases to say so i know this guy who got a job <laughs> at hsbc knows hsbc think it's hsbc um so he's got a job with a bank and he was saying that he did an online interview but because it's marked by a computer he literally just reeled off the competency phrases without actually giving examples and as long as you say it confidently and obviously don't do this if you don't know if it's marked by a computer or not but if it is marked by a computer then you can just say the competencies that's crazy yeah because it just picks up on keywords that's crazy like how can that be oh, that a is viable one thing. form? No, this is one thing I should say. Like, the online interview with the civil service, the one thing that I've known people get rejected for is not being enthusiastic enough. Yeah. So, and I didn't even think I was very enthusiastic in it, but I said words like amazing, really exciting, mm-hmm. just a couple of times. So I think just saying that. Yeah. But it's weird that they were like, you have to be enthusiastic i get that you want people to be passionate about their work but i think if they're competent like they've applied they obviously want the job yeah Yeah, i mean i think same thing goes for the cambridge interview yeah i mean i wrote an article this cheeky plug cheeky plug but i wrote an article where i interviewed my interviewer um who also happens to be my director of studies and she said that the one thing she looks for is intellectual curiosity and enthusiasm okay so uh, I can see, I can see why, because you ha- want to have people that genuinely want to work for yeah. you, or you know, study under you, who enjoy what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Like that makes more sense, and I think it's easier to gauge in person if someone's mm. really sold on it. I, I was talking to my dogs, who also did my interview. There you go. <laughs> um, and he was saying how like every year, he gets at least like four to six boys. Yeah. who come and they're like, I'm really passionate about military history. And then he'll just be like, okay, cool, why didn't you apply to Imperial then? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Because it's for the name. <laughs> but, Ooh. That leads us on to, to interviews. our topic. The Cambridge interview. Because it is Cambridge interview season. I know someone from my old school texted me saying that they just got their email about their interviews that's so exciting very exciting it makes me feel horrifically old but other than that is it is exciting oh i mean my interview was traumatic honestly why what happened so i obviously this isn't what all interviews are like well let's preface this entire (laughs) section with these are our own experiences um but i had to get so I'm from Scotland. You may be able to tell by the accent. It's a very nice accent. It's a very it's an Edinburgh accent. Yeah, you've got posh Scottish. Yeah, it's yeah. it is posh Scottish. Yeah, but um, so I came down and stayed in college, and I was the first interview of the day. Oh. Um, at eight a.m. But Ooh. I had to do pre-interview reading, and I had to go to the library at seven a.m. Why? What? Did you have to go and find the readings? Did they not give you a printout? They gave me a printout, but I had to read... Like, I had 
like so they gave me the printout in the library right but i had okay, to makes sense. sit there and highlight and write things yeah. from 7 a.m um so it was an early start and i'm not a morning person which didn't put me in the best mood mm. and then i walked into my um interview room and you know went to shake my interviewer's hand and they just looked at it oh and i was like oh my gosh that's so embarrassing what do i do and i thought that was it i thought i thought it was over um i thought that was my first test failed but um from talking to my director of studies uh who was in my who she was my second interview she said that the interviewers are trained to make it obvious as to what they want you to do when you enter the room. Right. So if they stand there with their hands completely behind their backs, they do not want to shake your hand. Really? Yeah. And then obviously, I don't even know why I'm talking about this because they're all online now, mm. which is also weird. That's going to be really odd because I think that it's a lot easier to pick up on the vibe. Yeah. And to, you know, I mean, like you were saying about the civil service interviews, like... Yeah. It's so much easier to get a vibe in person. And, I yeah, I just think it's a lot nicer for, you know, the conversational flow. And for both people, yeah. I, I think a lot, like, from having so many Zoom supervisions and lectures and things, people don't want to talk because they're scared they'll talk over people. Yeah. And you've got that awkward, ah, oh, no, you go, actually, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you don't have that awkward bit in person. Yes, because then you can see when someone is about to speak. Exactly. Whereas you don't have that time lag. And nothing lags, yeah, Mm. exactly. So that will be interesting. But pros and cons, I guess. Mm. For some people, they might massively prefer that. They don't have to travel. I know I would have appreciated that because I had to miss quite a lot of school. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I also quite... Well, pros and cons... Right, so I quite quite liked seeing Cambridge... Mm-hmm. So obviously I so I applied to Newnham. I know, wow, shock horror. Uh, but I applied to Newnham and I got to see the college because I stayed here overnight. Mm. And in a way it made me fell in, like fall in love with the college. I think that's the hard part though. That is because the hard part. Because if you part. don't get the offer. Exactly. So looking back now I can say, oh that was amazing. I loved seeing the gardens, you know, the college for the first time. But I also have friends who did the exact same thing and then don't get in, and they become emotionally attached to the college. Yeah. So actually having online interviews might not be a bad thing. Yeah, I think it'll help students not build it up in their yeah. mind. I think, that, I think that is my one piece of advice I would give people. Mm. To, you know, do your absolute best, put your all into it, but don't make Cambridge a bigger thing than it is. As, like, especially when you don't know if you've gotten in or not, because I think it's really easy to hold Cambridge up really high. If you get in, feel free to romanticise it as much or as little as you like. Yeah, but before that, don't look up Cambridge on TikTok. Yeah, it's just going to hurt you. Don't look at the montages. The montages are so pretty. They're so pretty. But romanticise when you get your offer. Yes. I I just think it's, it's dangerous. But before... Because I, I remember being very careful, and I'm very glad I was. Um, it did mean that I was in denial about Cambridge for a very long time, but I also, I was very much protecting myself. Yeah, I think. and I think that's really sensible. Yeah. 
I mean, you can be realistic. You know, if you think you're going to get in, then good for you. But I, who has that confidence? I don't, men. Men do, men. Yeah, yeah, no. I was going to say no one, but men. No, definitely, there, there are some, just, there are just some people in general yeah. who have it. I know, I wish. I do wish. <sighs> to be one of them. No. <laughs> then again, they are usually a bit insufferable. That's true. Yeah. That is true. And, you know, imposter syndrome is good for the plot. Do you think? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got it. Do you still have it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I constantly feel like I'm, you know, not meant to be here. They made a mistake. No, genuinely. Ugh. I think it's such a universal experience, though, that it's so reassuring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. entirely. What was your interview like? I actually really liked my interview. I was gonna, I was gonna make a really cheeky joke what about you, you being so old that you can't remember it because it was I, so long ago. To be ago. fair, you could make that joke. To, from what I can remember, oh. I really liked my interview because my interviews are lovely. I've had most of them as supervisors. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yawning. <laughs> I've had most of them as supervisors since then. Um. Yeah, it, it was a good time. Um. The one weird thing was that. I'd been listening to a podcast just before I went for the interview, yeah. like maybe a couple of days before, um, about Mary Toft, who was this Georgian woman who pretended to give birth to rabbits. As you do. Yeah. And yeah. they gave me a Hogarth picture with her, with the rabbits coming out of her. Oh my gosh. And um, that was so weird to look at. And I think they kind of gave it as like a shock mm-hmm. factor. To um sort of make you pause and go, mm, what's this? But I and I was like, oh, it's Mary Toft. And they're like, oh yeah, oh cool, great. <laughs> so then we got chatting about it and it was fun. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just I did quite enjoy it. Yeah, I think a nice way to think about the interview is that it's just the mock supervision. That's true. We ended up having a really long conversation about Princess Diana. Uh, yeah. I don't know what like that just became a tangent. Gosh, I can imagine you just going off on one. No, no, I didn't even go off on one. Like, I think the supervisor brought it up. As bad as each other. I, I, and then you just let it. You were like, yeah, let's let's talk about Princess uh, Diana. No, then I went, let's talk about It's a Royal Knockout. Oh, God. So, gets better. It does get better. Yeah. What about The Crown? Have you ever seen it? <laughs> what season are you on? It's a yeah. good show. I've never seen it. Oh, you should watch it. I I don't understand how they get away with it. I really, truly don't get it. See, the costuming is so good, though. But, like, how... Because, essentially... It's fan fiction about real people. Exactly. Real people who are still alive. Which does feel a bit weird. Which does feel... And then, I don't know if you saw... Um, Prince Harry went on the James Corden show. Oh, did he? And he... There's like a clip of him when James Corden cracks a joke about the crown. And Prince oh. Harry goes, lol, yeah, I watch it. Like, it's one of my favourite programmes. What? That's so weird. That's really odd. That's, I don't, can't tell if it's narcissistic well, or just I, Yeah, I'm going to watch a show about my parents' marriage falling apart. But, but that's the thing. Like, it's defamation of character, surely. Because some of the people are portrayed to be awful. Yeah. So I, I just I, don't get, this is a tangent, but I, I don't get how they can show it without getting into trouble. I don't get how you could watch that if it's about your family. No. I just, like, if there was a show... Maybe he skipped that season. Yeah, but there's also a season about his granddad having affairs. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's none of it's good. No. It's, it blows my mind. 
So I've, I've never seen it. I'm also just not a big history buff. Ah, okay. So it's not really... And one of my things that, it, whether it's TV shows or books or whatever, I just can't really get into historical fiction because I don't see the point of rewriting something that has happened. I understand that I personally enjoyed it as an escapism. I rate that, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, d- I don't mind the costumes. Like Bridgerton. Oh, that's a good show. Yeah. Do you watch it? I, I do. Yeah. I'm so excited for season two. Uh, apart from the fact that What's-His-Face isn't in it. I know, but what if he becomes James Bond? That's true. That would be great. Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> we'll take him as James Bond. Mm-hmm. It's the cross we have to bear. Yeah. We oh. have gotten so off topic. We have. Where were we? We were talking interviews. about our interview stories. Yeah. Do you have any horror stories from other people? I've heard some I've heard some awful ones and really funny ones. Okay, go on. And I, I tell these stories um, because I think it helps people feel better about their own interviews mm. and also less nervous because you can kind of think, well, it surely cannot go as badly as this person. Yes. Um, so one of them, my friend, like, went into the room and... They asked her if she'd read Prisoners of Geography, which is a pretty popular mm. geographical book by Tim Marshall. Um, and she panicked and said yes. I think oh, she no. read the first chapter. And then um, the guy asked her to summarise it. And she, you know, sort of made something up. And then he said, hmm, that's not quite right, actually, because I'm Tim Marshall. <gasps> no! The guy that wrote the book. And she still got in. Yeah. Oh, and just died. He asked her to criticise it. No. I know. I know. No. I know. Yeah. Oh, I would have wanted the floor to open up. No. But another, even worse. Even worse. Okay. So, you know how some Cambridge colleges are really old? Yeah. Really lovely. And but the furniture is massive and grand and old and mm-hmm. oak wooden yes. sort of vibes. You have no idea where this is going. It it get it, Did someone break furniture? No, it, it's even better oh than gosh. that. So my friend basically aced her interview, mm-hmm. and her advice from her teacher was to walk out confidently because that's the last impression they have of you. So she stands up, she walks over to what she thinks is the door opens the cupboard instead because it looks like the door but instead of stopping opens the door walks inside and closes the door behind her and then the supervisor knocked on the door like she was changing or something knocked on the door opened it and said the door is that way actually and apparently she was bright red and she genuinely thought she would never get in. And here she is. Oh my gosh, why did yeah. she go into the cupboard? I think because she was walking with such confidence. That she, she just saw the, the cupboard. I, I said to her, I was like, did you think that they were going to carry on with the interviews knowing that you were just standing in the cupboard? <laughs> was she hoping that they'd go eventually and that she'd be able to walk out? Literally. That's so funny. Was, she, was her plan to just wait until the day was over? Like, it's ridiculous. It really made me laugh, though. So, yeah, you... As long as you don't walk into a wardrobe... I mean, you, just, you still got in, so it's not yeah, even, exactly. like, the worst thing you could do. Because it was after her interview. 
there you go. Exactly. Yeah. She's done fine. Yeah. So, have you got any bad ones? I actually can't think of any that level off the top of my head. Yeah. You sometimes get people say, oh, yeah, there was a slightly weird question. Oh, I know someone who um, went for an interview at Maudlin and they trampled mud all into... The then master of Maudlin was Rowan Williamson. Mm, no. Is Rowan Williams or Rowan Williamson? I have no uh, idea. The former Archbishop of Canterbury. Okay. But he's, um, he's no longer um, the master, but there we go. Yeah. So he... Um, he uh, goes for his interview because it was it was either theology or philosophy, mm-hmm. and everyone used to get interviewed by him. Um, and he walks into the master's lodge, which had to walk across like the gardens to get mm-hmm. there, and his shoes just covered in mud. Oh gosh! So he walks in, and there's like this beautiful pristine cream carpet, and he just oh. tramples muddy footprints all over it, and he got in. Like, it's fine. But that's... He ruined the carpet and he got it. That would have put me in the complete wrong mindset. Mm. I would have been like, oh, gosh, that's terrifying. They hate me. Yeah. I would have felt really, really embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, so top tips. Don't walk across grass. When it's been raining and your shoes are muddy. Yeah. But it's online. There you go. So actually, sorted. you'll be fine because there are no wardrobes or grass. So is everybody finding out they've got interviews now? I know at least queens are giving them out. Right. I don't know if Gertrude's yeah. given them out yet. I don't know. Because I, I remember Nina being really late. Mm, I remember okay. thinking I had not gotten in and they just were so unimpressed with my personal statement that they weren't even going to send me rejection. And they were just going to leave me hanging. Um, no, that would have been awful. I've, it would have been, but yeah. I I think, I, I don't know how they do it, honestly, but I think they are coming out. Because they're in December. That's soon. Oh, yeah, gosh. No, it will have to be really soon. Yeah. Oh. Like, really, really soon. Time has yeah. flown by. It's nearly Christmas. I know, I'm so excited. I'm on Christmas TikTok. Ooh, what are you going to do? I mean, Christmas? I've been on Christmas TikTok all year, but, you know. Um... <laughs> I don't think I'll be doing anything. I think it'll just be Christmas in Edinburgh sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, seeing friends from other unis and stuff. Oh, Bridge miss, any plans? Not really, no. no. Might go to like a Christmas formal, but that's about it. I think we've got, I've got one of those booked as well, yeah. Secret Santa, of course. I haven't organised a Secret Santa. Oh. You need to organise a Secret Santa. I want to do passive-aggressive Secret Santa. What's that? When you get people passive aggressive presents. Oh god, you'd have to know them really well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the fun though. Yeah. You can do it with like your good friends and just get them really rude presents. That's kind of funny, like inside jokes. Yeah. Or things that they're known for. I rate that actually. Yeah. I might do that. Ask your friends if they want to make it passive aggressive. I might, I might, yeah. Ugh. But. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. No, I'm so excited for Christmas though. So we're the kind of sad family that gets the dogs Christmas stockings. Oh my gosh. I don't have dogs. But oh wait, no, I get my cat a Christmas you have stocking. A cat. Oh. Yeah. We don't make the Christmas we like buy it from Pets R Us or Aww. whatever. Yeah. That's really cute. So I guess we both have really sad families. <laughs> but these are part of the family. Yeah, of course. And they're, oh, they're I like stand by that. I miss my cat so much. What's your cat called? Yuki. Aww. She's white, so Aww. Japanese for snow. Oh, yeah. That's so sweet. She's like, whenever I call my parents, I ask. You want to talk to the cat? Yeah. 
I I call them to speak to the cat. That's very relatable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't regret it. No, I do. So the thing is, my dogs get confused when I talk. No. Yeah, because they can hear my voice, but they don't know where I am. Aww. So like the little puppy Wilfred will run to my bedroom and try to jump up on my bed because he gets Aww. sad that he can hear my voice and not Aww. see me. I know. Oh, that's devastating. I know. So we've had to stop putting me on speaker. <sighs> that's really sad. I mean, too sad. My cat probably hears my voice and just doesn't care. Yeah, that's, that's very the difference. Like, yeah, yeah. But when I when I go home, she gives me a cuddle. Mm. She gives me like two seconds of affection, and then it's straight back to normal cat behavior. <laughs> so it's quite cute. Yeah. <laughs> no, our cat's with Cecile is just horrible. Really? She genuinely she hates everyone and no. everything. Her her highest kill count was ten in a day. No. She's absolutely brutal. She's a complete beast. Kind of iconic. She's tiny as well for a cat. Really? Like she's really small, but she just will just go for anything. Aww. She we genuinely we've had complaints from other people in the local village because they're like, Your cat's driving our cats away. Oh my gosh. She's horrible. She's genuinely she's like Queen Bee. <laughs> she's just Queen cat. She is evil. I love that. Yeah, my cat we like live next to a field. Oh yeah. So she has free reign. On like Aww. all the living creatures, Aww. she's really bad at killing them though. Ah, like she will chase them, but she, yeah. We live not in a very good hunter. A forest. Ah, so yeah. yeah. Ten in a day though. Ten in a day was impressive. It was like five mice, two toads, yeah, two birds, a vole, oh my god, and something else. Dinner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was like something else. I can't remember. It might have been six mice. I don't wow. know. It was a lot. Jeez. No, the life of a cat though. Sometimes I do just want to be a cat. Do you? Yeah. I want to be a dog, like a really loved family dog. Okay. Yeah. But you kind of don't get alone time when you're a dog. If you yeah. establish yourself as a cat, like in the family household. That's true. You're still deeply loved and cared for. But you could also whack someone. They'll leave you alone. They're also going to bitch about you, though. Like I just did about the cat on this podcast. That is true. She's probably listening right now. Yeah, she's going to listen and she's going to bite my face. Yeah. So she gets really grumpy when I go away. So every time I come back from uni, first night, she pounce on me and bite my face. (laughs) Like, payback. Yeah, genuinely, she gets really angry. When I went away to uni um, in first year, she held a grudge for over a year at me. Like, she'd refuse to come into a room if I was in there, unless forced. Oh, my gosh. She was genuinely so angry I went away. Oh, the audacity. She was so furious. She used to glare at me all the time. Like, she was so upset. We've just re-established our bond. I guess that's her way of showing love. She's like, how dare you? Yeah, yeah, she really held on to the memory. Like, my dog's... They don't care. They're just happy to see me. Mm-hmm. They're just happy I'm back. But your cat. The cat? She holds a grudge. She's they an addictive woman. You know what? Strong, independent woman. Yeah. We could all learn from your cat. I'd rather we didn't. Holds grudges forever and bite people's faces. <laughs> I, I don't think we should take life advice from I, her. <laughs> from any cat. Doesn't, yeah, no. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, she really backs herself. Like, she's obviously got a lot of self-confidence, so I suppose we can learn from that. Yeah, that aspect yeah. of it. She's very strong-willed. <laughs> so do we have any actual life advice to impart to the listeners? Oh. <laughs> I mean, as non-experts, obviously our opinion is very... Mm. Especially about the interviews. Yes. Like, again, I will plug my article because my director of studies did answer questions about, you know, the mystical Cambridge interview process and, you know, what she looks for in candidates. So she's probably way more qualified than we are. Mm. Um, But I think I'd say just go into it with confidence you know, not enough confidence to walk into a wardrobe, but confidence, <laughs> you know, for, from a humanities perspective, uh, read news stories, keep up to date mm. on the news. If you can chuck in, you know, a very contemporary example, then it'll show that you are genuinely really passionate about the subject and yes. you keep up to date with it. I think, oh, don't, don't script your answers because A, they will never come up mm. ever. You cannot predict what the last. And also, you can tell when you're reading off a script. Exactly, and it's just really off-putting. Oh, the thing I will say is, I mean, don't lie about what you've put on your personal statement. Don't lie and say that you've read a book when you very clearly haven't. Yeah. But also, especially if the the author happens to be sitting across from you yes, at the table, <laughs> that would make it extra awkward. But also, um, don't if you have lied read what you said you have yeah like if you've put it on your personal statement read it yeah Mm-mm. yeah or at least a review yes or have some idea but a lot of reviews just try to try to understand it actually one of the one of the pieces of advice that my school gave me which was really helpful is instead of a full stop at the end of every line of your personal statement mm-hmm. when you're getting ready for your interview make every full stop a question mark and turn every sentence into a question. Right, okay. So if you say, oh, um, I have read X, Y, Z, turn that into a question. That's, ah, oh, that's really good. And then, you know, practice sort of ad-libbing around every sentence in your personal statement. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because they do, I mean, I know um, that they probably do it they ask you about your personal statement to ease you into the conversation. Yes. To make you feel comfortable at the very beginning of your interview. Or your submitted work. Or your submitted mm-hmm. work, yeah. So uh, it's that's probably the only question you can guarantee. Oh, the other thing, don't be fooled by these like Cambridge interview questions that you find online. Because I found really terrifying ones that were like, what is an apple? Like, where are clouds? Yeah, but obviously you're not going to be asked that. No. With- a humanities subject. Well, that, that is true. But I think there's a lot of stuff online that's just wrong. Yeah. And I think stick to what Cambridge provide on their website. Because that will be the most true out of all the sources. Yeah. No, I yeah, I agree with that. I think we've given some good advice if we do say so ourselves. I think that was pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode. This messy, we, tangent-filled episode. We hope to record one soon. With but Layla. don't hold any breath. Don't hold your breath because yeah. we are not good at scheduling. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, so let's see when we next remember to do one. We, we like to keep it spicy. Yeah, yeah, keep you waiting. Yeah, keep you it's on fun. the edges of your seats. Exactly. 
But anyway, enjoy the rest of Michaelmas term 2021, guys. And good luck with your interviews. Yes, very good luck. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, read the column, mm-hmm. send in questions, and listen to the podcast if you haven't listened to other episodes. Yeah? Yeah.